unsolved mysteries. Though to some, they're nothing more than distant memories, they still remain fresh in the minds of the people they affected. Australia has seen its fair share of mysteries, from unexplained disappearances to notorious serial killers. Australia has seen it all. One thing that they all have in common is they have left authorities, families and friends, and the general public all wanting answers. Here is a list of Australian unsolved mysteries. On the 7th of October 1992, 12-year-old Rihanna Barrow was hoping to purchase a card for her American pen pal. Due to the bus drivers being on strike on this day, her mother agreed that she could walk to the local news agency. At 10.30, Rihanna made it to the news agency, purchased her card and made her way home. The last known sighting of her was at 12.30pm on Highway Drive between Moffat Vale High School and the local primary school. When Rihanna's mother arrived home in the afternoon, she found the card on the dining room table. There was a record on the floor and the TV was playing loudly in an empty room. She called for her daughter, but to no avail. She searched, but there was nothing there. Frantically, she called the police. The response from the South Australian police was quick and thorough. They soon realised that the front door to the home was still in the locked position upon the arrival of Rihanna's mother. A search of the home also indicated that there was no forms of violence that could be detected, which means that Rihanna either left the house or was coached out. Over the course of the following weeks, the South Australian Police conducted a large-scale search. This included local emergency services as well as local volunteers. A police tip line was also established, and though receiving hundreds of phone calls with possible sightings, none of which could ever be confirmed. While over the years there have been several persons of interest who are believed to have information concerning Rihanna's disappearance, there has been no definitive suspect. Now. Over 30 years later, there are still no answers of what happened to Rihanna. In 2015, a $1 million reward was offered for any credible information, but so far, no one has come forward. My liberty, my freedom, is more important than your life. These were the chilling words of a still unidentified serial pedophile and rapist who is believed to have been at large since his first attack in the early 1980s. In the late 80s and early 90s, an unknown serial pedophile and rapist had the people of Melbourne Southeast terrified. He was known by the media as simply Mr. Cruel, and with good reason. In August of 1987, he broke into a family's home in Lower Plenty. He was armed. He tied up both of the parents and their son, and for two hours, he raped an 11-year-old girl. Throughout the two hours, he took breaks, using the telephone and even making himself a meal. During the police investigation, they noticed that there was no outgoing calls registered from the home. Police believe that this was a tactic used to throw the police off the trail. This tactic would be used time and time again in his other crimes. December 27, 1988, he struck again, this time breaking into a family home in Ringwood. 
the parents were woken at gunpoint, tied up, and told not to be a hero, and he was only looking for money. He proceeded to go through the house until he made his way into the bedroom. It was here where he found 10-year-old Sharon Wills. He abducted her, and for 18 hours, she was sexually abused. Once she was released, she was found later by a local near Bayswater. During the investigation, Sharon would inform the police that Mr. Krull spoke very softly and was somewhat caring. He even fed her and allowed her to have lemonade to drink. He then also bathed her, cut her finger and toenails in order to remove any form of DNA evidence. 3rd of July, 1990. 13-year-old Nicola Linus and her sister Fiona were sleeping in their family home in Canterbury. Their parents were out celebrating for the evening. Around midnight, they were awoken by a stranger with a gun. He ordered Nicola to grab her school uniform. He then tied up Fiona and informed her if they wished to see Nicola again, their father would have to pay a ransom. He then fled the home with Nicola. Then, over the course of 50 hours, he raped her, before cleaning all evidence as he did previously and then releasing her. It was in 1991 that he struck his killing blow, although some experts have expressed doubt that Mr. Krull was behind this killing, although it does match his MO. It was the 3rd of April, 1991. An armed man broke into the Chan family home. The parents were both working at this stage, and it's believed that Mr. Krull knew this. Following the same MO as last time, he informed the three children that he was there just for money. However, he abducted 13-year-old Camilla Chan. Despite an intensive search by police, Camilla Chan would not be found for almost a year. She was found with three gunshot wounds. Her body was also clean of all forms of DNA. In working to solve the case of Mr. Krull, police have searched over 30,000 homes. Based on the kidnapped girl's descriptions and interviews, and around 27,000 suspects have been questioned. During Channel 9's TV show, Under Investigation, showed a world's first software system known as the GIS, which was used by experts to create a map linking similarities between the three abductions. A link was shown of how all victims were from near or similar areas. Senior detective and investigator Mike King was quoted as saying, the fact that it's all within 20 minutes drive from each other in an area that the offender has to feel comfortable in order to function. There is currently $1 million offered as a reward for any information that can lead to an arrest of Mr. Krull. However, police have admitted that some key evidence, including DNA, has gone missing. On the 6th of December 1980, a man was disposing of some animal remains in Taiyong, North Victoria. He comes across some suspicious bones. They look human-like. He called the police to come and see what he had found. The police conducted a search and uncovered the remains of three other women. Two years later, a fourth victim was found in the same area. The fourth woman was Naramal Stevens, who disappeared just a month before the remains were first found. Other victims were 14-year-old Catherine Hedlund, 73-year-old Bertha Miller, both of whom disappeared in August of 1980, some 18 days apart. 
an 18-year-old Anne-Marie sergeant who went missing in October of the same year. Meanwhile, in the suburb of Frankston, the murders of Joy Summers and Alison Rook, both in 1980 and 1981, showed similarities between this and the serial killings from Tainong North. All women were on foot and planning to use public transport on the day. They also were stripped of all possessions, and most of which were still found completely naked. Despite an in-depth investigation by teams of police officers, they are still very much unsure whether it was a singular killer or a team. With over 2,000 interviews, the lack of evidence, this case has gone cold for nearly 40 years. There is a reward set for $6 million, $1 million per victim, for any information that can lead police to an arrest. Frederick Valentich, a 20-year-old pilot in training, was on a 235km training flight over the Bass Strait on the 21st of October 1978. Frederick had 150 total hours flying his Cessna and intended to have a career in aviation, but admittedly, he had passed poor achievements. He failed the commercial license test on five separate occasions and had been rejected from the RAAF, the Australian Air Force. On this flight, however, something went very wrong. Frederick radioed into the Melbourne Air Traffic Control and reported that he was being followed by an aircraft. The following is a reenactment of the audio between Frederick and Melbourne Air Control. Please note that this reenactment is done via the transcripts that were available to the public. Thank you. 
Many theories have suggested as to why Frederick reported what he did, and some say that it was likely that he had seen a UFO, while others suggest he was simply confused and made an error. The problem is, is we will never know the truth. What do you think? A sad accident or evidence of an actual UFO encounter? I'll let you decide in the comments below. So there you have it, some of Australia's greatest unsolved mysteries. What is your thoughts? What do you think happened to these people? Let us know in the comments below. Please remember to also like and subscribe to this video and leave a comment. And don't forget, sharing with your friends makes you and them a lot happier. Till next time.